Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. Hello, everybody. This is Todd Krieger. Today's theme or topic is titled Attachment Trauma and why it's important to listen to this. Why I call it that, especially the second part, is a lot of times people don't know that they have had lots of little traumas, they call them little T's, where they haven't had the most secure type of attachment with their uh, caretakers at an early age. And that tends to affect us for the rest of our lives. And it's really, really helpful to be able to assess ourselves so that we can make new choices in our lives and literally change our brain and change our relationships. There are many good things that could happen with parents and their children, but let me say it like this. We're all in a state of evolution. I've been talking about this for decades that when it comes to technology, like this uh, iPhone 13 here, um, it's my picture of my wife and I there hiking, but um, that iPhone 13 will be outdated pretty soon. Um, my last phone got outdated probably within a few years. Technological advances evolve very quickly emotional advances evolve very slowly. We are uh, slow to evolve. And why I'm saying this to you is that there's progress to be made um, in terms of developing healthy, loving children and healthy, loving adults. And even though people think of trauma, they think of molest and abuse, kind of obvious, overt kinds of things. And those are traumas, and they're not to be minimized. And people like myself who work a lot with trauma help people who have been abused or neglected. But many of us have had much more subtle, but definitely um, powerful negative effects of suboptimal attachment. And what I mean by that is, Attachment is what we are born to do in life. That is it. It is the most important drive we have is to attach. And that's why babies come out crying and letting you know right from the beginning if they have needs. Um, they let you know when they're calm and they're satisfied. As they learn how to smile, they let you know when they're happy or stimulated. They, by their facial expressions, can let you know when they need stimulation. The parent who's attuned, it's a word I'm going to use, the parent who's attuned to the child's needs, needs responds based on their true needs. It's called contingent responsiveness, where the parent responds based on the child's needs. And children need uh, to, to feel like you're getting them. And if you grew up in a home where you got a feeling most of the time that one or both parents got you, 
they were tuned into you, that your emotions, your, your experiences were validated, and that you were free to come up to them and talk to them, consider yourself very fortunate and be grateful because that is not true for many people. And, you know, there's a continuum here. There are people that have had really very little of that, people that are really fortunate to have a lot of that. And then there's those many, many of us, it, it maybe in the middle, but it is good to see what was missing. So for some, for example, the um, parent wasn't able to, I'll say it like this, to the degree that a parent is self-reliant, self-sufficient, and can regulate their, their emotions pretty well, they're probably going to be able to regulate you. In other words, contingently respond to you and tune into you. That you'll get that sense that you get me. But if you have a parent or parents that had a hard time regulating themselves, maybe there was a lot of stress, they were overwhelmed, maybe they drank, maybe there were so many kids, maybe there was difficult financial challenges, health issues, for whatever the reason, that they couldn't regulate themselves well enough to be present for you and tune into you, that either you became very scared and clingy, and maybe you grow up needing constant uh, uh, reassurance, or you may have grown up relatively left to be overly emotionally independent. Maybe they fed you. Maybe you had a house over your head, a roof over your head, not the whole house, just the roof. Um, and, uh, but maybe if you were scared or hurt or sad, you were kind of on your own. And then you could grow up into a person who doesn't expect people to be there for you. So you uh, kind of work things out on your own. So when you have these attachment traumas, and they're traumas in the sense because over time, uh, you, you, um, you, you're limited greatly from accessing the different parts of you, the parts of you maybe that are independent and that can self-soothe. In the case of someone who maybe had an inconsistent parent, and so you were here and then you weren't there. And so this is a person who, in their adult relationships, they're looking for the shoot a drop. They're, they're looking for some catastrophe to happen because catastrophes did happen. I, 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 I want to say before I say to go to the second type, there's something that I've learned in working with trauma that rather than saying to a client, what's wrong with you? Bad question. Anyway, it's what happened to you. But we all should be thinking that way about people that maybe are having trouble in their lives or that they maybe are even mistreating you. I'm not saying we should be open to abuse, but I'm just saying that the question, what happened to you is really way more accurate because things happen to people and sometimes they're subtle. So the person who had inconsistent parenting and constantly is anxious and looking for, you're here now, but you'll be gone tomorrow. Okay, that is coming from all these, these little traumas, these attachment traumas of having a parent that was there and they're not there and there and they're not there. Maybe they were sober and they were there and then they would drink and they weren't there. And then there's the parent who just couldn't deal with feelings, your feelings, maybe not even their own feelings. Maybe they had a parent that couldn't deal with their feelings and so they were left alone. So they don't know how to say, how are you feeling? What's going on? Let me tune into you.
So as you look at this, as you hear me, and you start to look at, well, what was my childhood like? And am I a kind of person that can allow someone to help me and be there for me? Or maybe I push them away. Or am I someone who has a hard time regulating uh, myself and constantly needing people to prove they love me, prove they love me, prove they love me? If, if And again, these, there are extremes and then there are leanings one way or the other. And we want to assess ourselves because we start to look at there's always what happened to me. What there's reasons why I was that way. And then we can make the correction corrections we need to make. So for example, if I'm with a client and their attachment trauma looked like they had a parent who left them alone a lot in their emotions and their pain, then my job is to help them access those feelings and start to practice being a little more trusting and open with me, maybe little by little by little. Or if I'm doing couples therapy, I will definitely help them begin to just gradually rely on the other person, ask things of the other person. Can't tell you how many times I've said to a client to say to their partner, if they have this dynamic, can you do me a favor? Sometimes I say, even if you can't think of anything, just saying the words, could you do me a favor? For some of the people that have that dynamic in their home where they never could be what I call healthily dependent, to, to say the words, can you do me a favor, seems really weird. But hopefully coming up with something. Could you get me a glass of water? Could you listen to me? I'm really having a tough time. Or can I have a hug? I could really use a hug. And the person who maybe grew up in a home, it's not their fault, where there was inconsistency and they're always waiting for the shoe to drop, to help them challenge their catastrophic thinking and look at the person they're with. If this person they're with is showing some stability to realize how much they're transferring old relationships like with their parents onto this partner who's truly not like that, who truly is stable and needing to make those corrections in one's thinking to practice breathing and calming down so that that person doesn't constantly live their lives like something bad is going to happen. I'm going to be abandoned. I'm going to be left. But again, if you have that dynamic, there's nothing wrong with you. It's something happened to you. It's good to look at that because abandonment isn't just physical abandonment. It could be, like I said, this abandonment when you've been in pain. So this kind of person who is always waiting for some, something bad to happen practices, like I said, breathing, calming down, challenging the ideas that that person, if that person, for example, someone who's really not abandoned them, who's not showing any signs of abandoning, to begin challenging those thoughts. And of course, sometimes you need therapy. You need a therapist, a coach, someone like myself to help you through that, help you process it help you overcome trauma. We talked many times about EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. This is not just for people who are abused or molested. There's more and more seminars on EMDR on what they call attachment trauma. And I had to help the person who was deprived emotionally to, 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 to fill up, to experience what it was like to actually not be alone. 
And there were things that people like me, professionals like me, can, can do to help people with that. But there's also things that you could do to begin uh, practicing changing those patterns. You know, of course, awareness, I want you to look at that, look at yourself, maybe journal about it, like think about like what happened to me? What, what might have made me a person who never lets anyone soothe me? Or maybe I, the other side of the coin, I am not able to, to soothe myself very well, always needing to control everybody else so that I could feel safe. Uh, the truth of the matter is, as you develop a secure relationship with yourself and others, you find that if there's a person that isn't safe, then they either got to change and you move on, but that you're not walking on eggshells anymore. All right, so I just wanted to tell you uh, this information on attachment trauma. I think it is important. See how it relates to you or people you know. And I wish you the best. This is Todd Krieger, making the world safe for love. That's it for today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity Podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. For free resources and materials, head over to toddkrieger.com. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.